0: Aisha Kandisha is a name I was told and I don't know how true it is that there are a lot of Moroccans who will not say her name out loud they will refer to her as she or Lala Aisha Lala meaning Madam Aisha or Lala Sudania because she was supposedly brought from Sudan to teach the Moroccans the secret of trance dancing and there are so many myths in the countryside about her and you go from one village to another and you hear totally different stories but basically she lives in the opposite of our world she comes out at night or at dusk at the beginning she lives below water in grottos and she's omnipresent she tends to have her followers almost captive to her And will give them demands of what they should wear, colors, whether to cut their fingernails or not. You go to another village and they'll say, no, that's superstitious nonsense. She's really this or she's really that. So I have heard so many conflicting stories. And maybe, maybe, Fred, you can give us your interpretation of who Lala Aisha
1: is for Moroccan people. Her place is very important because in Morocco, there is this belief that you can get sick, or you can have um, some trouble in your life. For example, you're a woman, an independent woman. You won't drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes. You won't say, it's me. So inside you, yeah, there is Malika, uh, spirits. This spirit make you smoke and uh, drink. So it's not to be possessed. It's, a, it's like a relationship between the spirit and you. And uh, some brotherhood, like amateur brotherhood, they know how to negotiate with the spirits and in order to calm the spirits and during the ritual the Brotherhood will sing the song of the spirits and then you will you will feel more peace.
0: What's so interesting about that is that from a psychological point of view the person who is inflicted or has this relationship with the spirit that person feels safe within the society of the Hamadjah, it gives them a place where they are not seen to be crazy, where their condition is understood. So the the framework of the therapy, if you want to talk about it in therapeutic terms, is that it is a safe environment for them. And depending on their affliction, whether it be depression or whatever their particular prognosis is, they may find relief after going through the ceremony for some weeks at a time. But there are those who not quite addicted but they will follow the Hamatshah and and want to be there and attend every every leela every night ceremony and so on I'm not sure historically where it comes from some people have said to me that there are traces of Amazir, of the the Berber culture found its way in obviously an African influence as well but what is common with it and other Sufi experience is ecstasy and it is in that state of ecstasy and the closeness to God that's the goal that the people are seeking the therapeutic stuff and the rest of it is that's all part of it but the ecstasy is is what is arrived at and that's the same with a lone mystic or a whirling dervish from the Turkish tradition, that sense of tranquility that then becomes more and more intense until the tranquility transforms into ecstasy. Now the example is with the Hadra dancing in that they go through like two stages. So Hadra is the trance dance? Yes. And in the first part, they can still follow the rhythms and can still dance and their their bodily movements are coordinated and they are okay. But when they go into the second stage, into the ecstatic stage, they're unbelievably discombobulated. They can can no longer follow anything. And often they will get someone known to them will come and take one shoulder and another will take the other arm and hold them, just balance them slightly until they head thrash or do whatever they're doing. And often times will collapse, semi-conscious or unconscious. And when they wake up feeling refreshed but not knowing in several cases that I've seen, the person said to me, what happened?